0: Hello, and welcome back to It's a Very Exciting Time, a podcast by a UFO nerd and his tolerant friend. My name is Scott, and I've been fascinated by the phenomenon my whole life.
1: My name is Chuck. I'm an aerospace nerd and a tolerant
0: friend. We started this podcast because since 2017, there have been shocking revelations, from news of secret Pentagon programs to confirmed videos of astonishing craft, in a nutshell, Now that we know the government has recovered non-human technology. Or at
1: least we will once Sean Kirkpatrick stops running interference.
0: Sean. uh, It raises a natural question. If UFOs are real, what else? Suddenly some of these other parts of the phenomenon that seemed unlikely are pulled into the realm of the possible.
1: And they still may be unlikely. But even if it's new science and not aliens. Woo!
0: It's a very exciting time.
1: Yeah. And quick reminder for everyone: before we get into it, you can find our show notes at veryexcitingtime.com or support us by going to patreon.com/slash very exciting time.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, uh, we've got a bunch of stuff going on this weekend. Yeah. This week. Uh you know, I've got a bunch of notes in here. But before we get into anything, uh, Chuck, did you watch the Super Bowl?
1: I've <laughs> Uh the soup superb owl. No, I did not.
0: Uh for those of our audio listeners who may not know what Chuck and I look like, it's safe to say take what you imagine <laughs> your typical American football fan looks like. We're like the opposite of that. The We're big opposite. freaking nerd. <laughs> we are not Super Bowl guys, uh, nor are no. we particularly Taylor Swift stands. So neither one of us had any particular reason to watch the Super Bowl, but Chuck. The commercials, as always, (laughs) the commercials were the best part, and this year, Chuck, there were no less than five commercials in the Super Bowl that involved aliens.
1: Uh, Do are you counting the Michael Sarah, uh, Sarah V commercials? Did those involve aliens? No, but (laughs) I feel like they might have. If we look closely ah. enough,
0: <laughs> all right, those commercials were funny, but no, <laughs> it's not counting them. Uh, so a quick rundown, uh, from, from least to most impressive, uh, the actor from so help me, Todd was kind of summarizing his show and mentioning what it was about. And he claimed his, oh, excuse me. He claimed his show was about aliens before correcting himself. Um, okay. Oreos had an ad where, uh, twisting open an Oreo summoned a UFO. Uh, oh, totally Mountain Dew, you're right. Mountain Dew had an ad where Aubrey Plaza was abducted by aliens. It was kind of funny, okay. actually. It was the whole gimmick was Aubrey Plaza, like at her most excited, still sounds kind mm-hmm. of bland. So she's like, well, I'm having a good time. And it was her, in <laughs> increasingly absurd situations saying she's having right. a good time because she's still got a Mountain Dew. And one of them was yeah. she's being sucked up into the air by an alien, awesome. uh, there was a bizarre ad for apartments.com where yeah. Jeff Goldblum interrupts this like incredibly tense military standoff where the military is talking to aliens they're like why are you here? And Jeff Goldblum's like well obviously they're here to rent a good apartment. Well, yeah. Very sure, very obviously. weird ad. Yeah. But the one probably everyone is thinking of and that uh people have been talking about is Martin Scorsese directed a Squarespace commercial. Uh, it's like a minute and a half long. It's a Martin Scorsese movie that happens to be an ad for Squarespace. It opens with a montage of real world UFO related footage, including, uh, crop circles, the gimbal video, congressional hearings, even a quick shot of the Nazca mummies, which we still need to do an episode on at some point. Um, -hmm. And then it cuts to aliens up in their flying saucer, like flying around, trying to get humans to notice them, but the humans won't yeah. look up from their phones. So oh, they yeah. have to create okay. a website that says, uh, you know, Hey, hello, hello down there. And they all look up <laughs> and see the alien. Yeah. So it totally checks like, out. It, it cracks me up. Like yeah. w- what is happening? Five yeah. ads
1: with aliens. Yeah, I mean it sounds like like the UFO topic is kind of cracking something like the collective collective consciousness maybe. Um but what was the mood of all the the commercials like were they scary or excited
0: okay. or like so that's what I think is really interesting about it, right? So a, a few years ago if you had told me that a bunch of Super Bowl commercials involved aliens, I would have assumed the aliens were the joke. Right? Right? Yeah. Usually it's Uh, you know, we're, we're riffing on paranoid conspiracy theorists, you know, oh, this guy's a crackpot because he believes in aliens or, you know, the aliens are some like goofy thing that ends up selling the product. And Mm -hmm. none of these ads were like that in all of them. The alien part was just kind of accepted as a given. The joke was subverting your expectations around the alien, right? Big, tense military standoff with aliens. Yeah, everyone understands this. But surprise, they're here to rent apartments, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, huh. The aliens are abducting people. But surprise, Aubrey Plaza is enjoying it because she has about yeah. to do. Uh, Martin Scorsese's one, especially like. The yeah. joke is that people won't look up from their phones, so you have to have a website. He could have done that a million different ways. It could have been a, you know, someone walking down the street and a piano falling on their head, like Mm -hmm. a million ways to tell this exact joke. He landed not only on the idea of aliens having to create a website because no one will look at them, but also he opens with a montage of serious real world stuff, not just riffing on goofy green skinned aliens. It was, it was really weird, man. Uh, Yeah. So this is so kind think, of a theme on our show, right, is noticing yeah. that the, the tone and tenor of our cultural engagement with UFOs has shifted dramatically since 2017 mm-hmm. and especially in the last couple of years to where this isn't a like giggle and, you know, play exiles music anymore. Like not everybody mm-hmm. takes it hundred percent seriously but it's no longer like a completely ridiculous topic.
1: Wow. The, this is kind of monumental when you think about it. Um, and from what I hear, this is what it's like in a lot of other countries. So it's kind of just us, but our, I know our culture exports a lot as well. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah. A yeah,
0: really, really weird moment.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, As soon as we see UFO commercials for, like, the FIFA World Cup, we'll know we've made it.
0: (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, speaking of videos, I've got another, like, quick news item. Uh, You remember we were talking about the SOL conference, S-O-L? It was Gary Nolan's thing where he was putting on a big, serious scientific conference about UFOs. He had big-name speakers. That was when we were talking about catastrophic disclosure. because Carl. Yeah, I don't think I knew that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't think I knew the name of it, but okay, yeah.
0: So at the time, Gary said the videos are going to be up real soon. Mm -hmm. The UFO community was ready to tar and feather him because Mm -hmm. he said they would be up soon and then didn't upload it. Obviously, it's a conspiracy. Yeah, right. Gary came out and he's like, no, actually, it's the completely normal thing. We're a new conference. The company that recorded things for us, I thought they were going to edit it They said they weren't. So Mm. they're now sending me the raw files that I need to go get them edited. It'll take a little while, but trust me, they're coming. Yeah. So, anyway, long story short, they're all up on the website now. Um, I haven't had a chance to watch a single one. (laughs) Okay. Uh, All right. But I suspect that will be an upcoming episode. I don't want to commit to it being our next episode, but like I've got some videos to watch. Yeah. 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 But um, I I suspect there's stuff to talk about there. Yeah,
1: Yeah. cool. Looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. And, you know, if you or anyone in the audience doesn't want to wait for me, uh, I'll have their YouTube channel linked in the show notes. Yeah. So let's get to the real meat of the week. Um, All right. Let's get weird. <laughs> so on Wednesday, uh, Representative Mike Turner, the chair of the House Intelligence Committee, caused a little bit of a frenzy in Washington when he issued a statement saying mm-hmm. that the panel had quote, information concerning a serious national security threat and called on Biden to declassify it so Congress could openly talk about
1: it. Yeah, and so I saw that. That was like the uh, mm-hmm. Russian nukes in space, which mm-hmm. 100% could totally believe. But, but I thought it turned out to be like an anti-satellite EMP weapon or something.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And this is why you might have seen there is a bit of like, this is much ado about nothing. Like we've been right. theorizing EMPs as a satellite defensive weapon since the freaking Cold War. <laughs> like, <you> know, right. <laughs> uh, the only thing that's new is uh, there was some intel showing that Russia may be very close to finalizing this tech and considering mm-hmm. launching it. Mike Turner made that more. Yeah, totally. And Mike Turner made a big deal about it. And some of the other people in Congress are kind of pissed at him. They think that it wasn't actually that pressing an issue, but he was using it Mm. to kind of grandstand to raise more defense budget for, you know, Ukraine and stuff like that, whatever, you know, again, this is not, this is a political show, but really only about one very specific topic. So
1: right. I mean, politicians politicians are going to politish.
0: Right. Um, what's funny is The UFO community was all over this story. Yeah. Uh, Why Turner's statement did not say what it is. The news about what it actually is didn't come out until Friday. Um, uh, you know, like they were downplaying it immediately, but part of the reason the UFO community was on it at first you'd think, oh, they're just assuming he's talking about a big national security threat. It must be UFOs. Right. But they weren't doing it for no reason. Coincidentally, on Wednesday, uh there was a congressional briefing by Lou Elizondo about UAP at uh, about his time as the director of ATIP, which if you're not familiar oh, cool. is the precursor to Arrow. Like, there was a wow. UFO briefing, and then Mike Turner comes out and says, big national security threat that we need to declassify immediately.
1: Yeah, okay. I see why the community would freak out if Big Daddy Lou is in the house talking about ufos and suddenly the house intelligence committee chairperson is like we got a big problem yeah right (laughs)
0: that's totally understandable do we have details we don't have a lot of details this was not a classified briefing and confusingly it was only to the republicans i don't really know what's up with that um but Uh, what we do know is Lou was joined by a couple of unidentified people. Um, one of whom was a former member of the UAP task force. Another was a former fighter pilot and another was a former DARPA scientist. Um, the member of the UAP task force may have also been a combat pilot. It's unclear. A bunch of the news reports Mm -hmm. said two pilots and a scientist, but none of them are identified. (laughs) It's hard to say. Um, yeah. But what's interesting is uh, Liberation Times reported that attendees left the session, quote, deeply concerned about the inability to openly discuss the national security implications of UAP due to classification. And (laughs) some members wanted to declassify UAP info to enable security discussions within the government and with allies.
1: Oh, like that bill you just shut down. That would do exactly that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Funny. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Maybe yeah. that's why it was only to the Republicans. Like,
0: Maybe. Yeah, Democrats yeah. are already for it. I don't know. Actually, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, maybe that is it. Maybe it's Lou trying to course correct a little bit. So, yeah. I mean, the good news is this is, we've been hearing this for a while. This is yeah. basically what Lou and Chris Mellon have been doing since To mm-hmm. The Stars Collapsed is Acting like lobbyists going to Congress and trying to get them to take it seriously, introducing them to yeah. whistleblowers, helping them draft legislation. They've been heavily involved behind the scenes. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, this what's is how funny. Sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah, this is how lobbying a uh, little bias here, but I feel like this is how lobbying should work. Like Absolutely. Uh, lobbyists should be giving us giving Congress people facts, not vacations. And it bugs me. Yeah that that's not how lobbying actually works. Um hundred percent. That's great.
0: Yeah. Now what's interesting is you may have noticed some overlap between what this was about and, you know, with people mm-hmm. wanting to declassify things and then Mike Turner mm-hmm. coming out and yeah, right. apparently also, some of the language that he used was like lifted verbatim from their discussion with Lou. He just wasn't talking about UAPs, he was talking about the Russian nuclear satellite. So oh my God. all that is to say, I'm always kind of prepared to throw the UFO community under the bus a little bit for mm-hmm. overreacting and making much ado about nothing. In this case, there was genuinely something here. There was a reason <laughs> to be like, what the freak is happening here? And yeah, yeah, later it turned out to be, you know, Mike was off doing his own thing. Yeah. Very strange story. Um, yeah. Now, we do have a couple of quotes from people who okay. were in there. Um, most what? notably, representative Ralph Norman came out and talked to Askapol and he said we've got a real problem this isn't playland he told us about the facts of the matter about what's happening and that was concerning he wouldn't give any classified things but my god this isn't political this isn't politics it it affects all of us young and old it's been portrayed by the media as Crazies that are identifying UFOs, but it's not. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Now, the vibe from Representative Norman is he is not part of Burchett's UAP caucus. He's one yeah. of the, you know, quote unquote, normal con- congressional people who don't think about UFOs on a daily basis. Right. So he was kind of slapped in the face by what we've yeah. all kind of learned over the years that, hey, you know, they're, There is evidence that there is something in the air and we don't know what it is, but it's a security threat and it's really alarming that the military doesn't seem to be taking it seriously.
1: Right. And Um, it's unclear what this is in his statement, uh, to me, like it's like, I don't know if he's talking about UAP or if he's talking about the, that (laughs) folks are lying to Congress, uh, or.
0: That's a really good point. Um. So Norman goes on a little bit. He says, uh, Elizondo talked for 20 minutes and then we answered questions. He brought in two pilots that had actually witnessed it, seen it. He showed slides of it, which was unbelievable. When he says slides, I'm pretty sure he means photos, not just PowerPoint, but who knows. I like Um, the
1: idea of like old school, like slide projectors or like, uh, you had to go to Kinko's and get like one of those clear pieces of paper and
0: like project.
1: It in yeah, the- yeah, an overhead projector. Yeah. Yeah, an overhead. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. He had a scientist. He had a combat pilot that had flown missions and reported what he saw and took pictures. So this isn't some figment of our imagination. And he was really playing up the fact that Lou Elizondo was a combat veteran. So we've talked mm-hmm. a lot about this before how, it, like, there's a stigma against UAP stuff because mm-hmm. for a long time it was like, Travis Walton, right? Like some dude out in the woods in the middle of nowhere gets abducted by a UFO and disappears for a few days. And you know, were there aliens or was he just drunk? You know, like right? Yeah. They, the, they weren't the most credible of witnesses and the yeah. thing Lou and Chris Mellon have really hammered on is bringing forward the most credible witnesses. Yeah, It sucks that military pilots get taken more seriously than other witnesses, but you understand why that would be to someone who isn't yep. neck deep in this topic. Hey, here's someone who we trust to fly a billion dollar piece of equipment and make split second decisions that might result in us going to war. Right. That dude says he saw something. Yeah. That dude's co-pilot says she saw something. Mm-hmm. Their radar controller said they saw something. Here's a photo they took of the something they saw. This isn't yeah. some crazy guy. This is a real person who we trust to evaluate these things. Um, Yeah, totally. So Norman kind of went on about like, these are credible witnesses. Um, And then he made another point that I liked. He said, and you got to realize that Elizondo, he has no reason to do this. He's not getting paid. He comes up here free of charge and is sending us all the slides. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's crazy. So he's got like, pilot witnesses slides feels like Mm -hmm. the congressional hearings. Yep. Uh, did they, did they like talk about Grush at all?
0: Um, funny you ask, uh, representative Norman confirmed that Elizondo quote, absolutely corroborated Grush's claims of an illegal crash retrieval and reverse engineering program. Now he didn't get into details, but yeah, you know, like, Matt Laszlo from Ask a Poll was trying to ask him, like, what did you hear about? And he was kind of dancing around not answering. He's like, you know, did you hear anything about like special access programs, these illegal crash retrievals? You know, did he corroborate Grush's claims? And Representative Norma said, absolutely. So that's pretty great. that's so cool. Um, Later, Representative Burleson, who we've heard from in many other contexts, echoed that. He said, those guys, from what they presented, And of course, this is not in a secure setting. They weren't under oath, but what they presented is very similar to what David Grush was presenting.
1: Very nice. That's, that's
0: exciting. Right? So it was kind of nice to see the UFO community freaking out about something a congressman said, and it turned out to be nothing. But it wasn't nothing, nothing. (laughs) like there was something happening. Lou Elizondo was there. He did brief people Mm -hmm. and we did get some interesting insight into what they thought about what Lou said. So yeah, good going. Keep it up. Big daddy Lou. We love you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Speaking of, uh, military. Mm -hmm. So in late January, the DOD inspector general, uh, and remember we've talked a bit before that there are two inspectors general. There's the, Intelligence Community Inspector General, who yeah. is the one that found Grush's claims serious and credible. Sorry, right. or, urgent and credible. And then there's the DOD IG, who we've heard and less there's, from.
1: There's more than just two, but-
0: I'm sure, um, but the, those are the two who we've interacted with as we're talking about David Grush's yeah. claims. Um, yeah. So okay, the so- DOD Inspector General uh, in January released an unclassified summary of a classified report that came out in August of last year, which was called The Evaluation of the DoD's Actions Regarding Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena. Nice. I don't know about anybody else. I hadn't heard a whisper of this. Yeah, thing. right. And usually Arrow is very like, we're working on a report. You're going to get the, yeah. the annual report and we're working on the historical summary. Like they're they're kind of like yeah. telegraphing these things. The DoD IG's just kind of dropped out of nowhere yeah yeah but that's kind of what so they, uh,
1: from what you were saying that's kind of what the inspector generals generally do they don't they don't talk about it because they expect that everyone is going to leak it um
0: yeah yeah totally um now what's interesting is in the press release for it he says we are releasing this because of the public's uh high level of interest in the ah. UAV topic um so were they but
1: do you think they were getting like FOIA requests like every day or something. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. But what's really
0: interesting is the DOD IG, um, the reason they did this was they wanted to look into like, how is the military as a whole handling UAP? What are we doing about Mm -hmm. it? Like what is the current state of affairs? The, the brutal summary of it is the DOD office of the inspector general found that the DOD does not have a comprehensive coordinated approach to address UAP. The DOD office of the inspector general also found that the DOD's lack of a comprehensive coordinated approach to address UAP may pose a threat to military forces and natural national security.
1: Yeah. All right, good way to catch up. <laughs> this, this is what <laughs> like Elizondo and UFO daddy, Chris Mellon have been saying the whole time, right?
0: Absolutely, yeah, but yeah. it's still really good to see a, a yeah. you, you know, the IG is kind of a watchdog organization yeah. to see them coming in job. and saying, not only do you not have a plan, but that lack of a plan is putting us at risk. Um, yeah. So it yeah, very good to see. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, you mentioned Elizondo. Yeah, this is the drum he's been beating the whole time. For those of our listeners who haven't been here since day one, Elizondo was running tip, which was a precursor to Arrow, it was a private, uh, a classified group that was investigating UAP inside the DoD. Um, but not private. He resigned and went public because he was concerned that he couldn't get anyone to take what he was finding seriously. Um, his yeah. resignation letter said, quote, underestimating or ignoring these potential UAP threats is not in the best interest of the department.
1: Right. Um, but, uh, it wasn't private, like private enterprise, right? Uh, no, sorry. I said private.
0: What I meant was classified. It, it was, it was okay. a, a secret group, um, as opposed yeah, to arrow, okay. which is a, a public facing org. Yeah. Okay. Um, got it. So what was in it? Yeah. So there are two findings, uh, which I just kind of okay. summarized for you, but I want to go over some of the details cause I think they're interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. the first finding is the DOD does not have a comprehensive coordinated approach to address UAP. Quote, the DOD has not used a coordinated approach to detect, report, collect, analyze, and identify UAP. As a result, the DOD response to UAP incidents is uncoordinated and concentrated within each military department. Officials stated that they have been waiting for the DOD to issue comprehensive UAP guidance before developing their own guidance.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, uh my mom calls this strategic competence. Uh and you know, not in reference to me, of course, but No, of uh, course not. Man. No, of course not.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean it's the old thing, right? Like don't don't appear to be good at a job that you don't want. <laughs> yeah. Uh so they kept going, they said, quote, DOD components have largely excluded geographic combat commands, which are responsible for detecting, deterring, and preventing threats and attacks against the US and its territories, possessions, and bases in their respective areas of responsibility. Therefore, the combat commands would be the logical organizations to detect, report, collect, and identify UAP incidents to ARA.
1: So what, uh, I'm confused. What is a geographic combat command?
0: That is a really good question. And I was, I, I'm going to tip my hat here. I, I looked that up because I didn't because. know. I, there was a possibility that Chuck would already know this. Chuck has more of a yeah. military family background than me. Yeah. I was a little, he'd be like, Scott, everyone knows this, but, uh, yeah. anyway, thank you Chuck, <laughs> for, uh, playing my patsy here. Uh,
1: yeah, sure. A geographic
0: combat command is a joint organization responsible for coordinating multiple branches of the military in a specific region. So for example, there's Africa command, there's central command for operations in the middle East. Uh, There's space command for the secret lunar space war, for the
1: the moon base.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. Okay. So, okay.
1: So this is a joint, uh, a joint command overseeing many military branches that happens to be geographic in nature. That's Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay. What I, what I wrote in response to this makes no sense. (laughs) <laughs> um, that is fascinating because in some ways that does make a lot of sense because mm-hmm. it is cross military uh, yeah. branches but also feels like it still has the same problem where mm-hmm. like you know Central Command is going to have a different process than Africa uh-huh. Command for no you for what reason You hit
0: the nail on the head here absolutely yeah, yeah. so to to kind of restate my understanding is Previously, I thought of the DOD as an umbrella organization over the army, the Navy, the air force, the space force, et cetera. That's still true, but there's also in any given geographical region, you would have the geographical command between the military division and the DOD. So it's kind of like a little mini DOD in each region of the world.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it I want to learn a lot more about this. I wonder if it is DOD or if it's like a committee or how they met. I don't know. That's fascinating.
0: Yeah. They've got a page for it up on the military website. It, it yeah. is, it is not clear what the org is. Okay. All I was able to find out is that the, the commander of each region is like a four star general or equivalent, which okay. doesn't really tell you anything, but okay. Yeah, could,
1: could probably uh, still be any of the branches, but unless. Yeah. Maybe we'll, we'll leave it at it's complicated.
0: It's complicated. Yeah. Um, it's worth, the reason I'm kind of hammering on this is we're about oh. to get to some of their recommendations and in the recommendations, okay. they talk about this a little more. So it's, it's yeah. good to have a, a, at least general understanding that there's the branches of the military. There's the DOD. There's also this other thing of the geographic command center.
1: God, that's interesting.
0: Yeah. Um, so the other, the third part of Their first finding is Mm -hmm. DOD components developed varying informal processes. Boy, informal is carrying a lot of weight in Mm. that sense. Developed varying informal processes to collect, analyze, and identify UAP incidents. For example, the Air Force designated UAP as a special interest item, which requires air crews to document and report UAP observations within 24 hours using the Marauder system. Army personnel also use the Air Force's Marauder system to document and report UAP observations because the Army has not developed its own UAP specific process. That's great. The military services have sent some UAP incident reports to Aero, but the DoD does not currently formally require them to do so, despite the fact that the whole point of Aero is to comprehensively gather and coordinate and collect. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, so here's the real question. Did the DOD IG get that information from Arrow or <laughs> anyway, so I get, I, I will admit, I get a little twitchy when I hear phrases like formally require, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it makes me wonder if they actually need to make it required or if they need to clearly set expectations that this is important. And it needs Mm -hmm. to happen and then work on the culture that, that makes it so that people don't want to report.
0: No, I think you hit the nail on the head and I think it's both right. And oddly enough, early on when Sean Kirkpatrick was talking about Arrow, he said some things that I found really encouraging. And one of them is he didn't think Arrow needed to be around forever. Arrow exists because of this problem and once Arrow is done, its work will be defining these processes and and mm. centralizing and coordinating and establishing a culture and fighting against stigma. But there will come a point where they don't have any more work to do because the system is functioning and they can dissolve. Mm. Um, knowing what we know about Sean Kirkpatrick now, I question that, but I still think it's a good kind of vision of what could happen here. So yeah. I think formally require is representing the fact that We've got, even within the DOD as a whole, the different departments handle it very differently. We have seen yeah. the Navy be very forthcoming with UAP encounters and the air force basically refused to participate in anything until forced to do so. So I think you need yeah. that formally required to drag the air force kicking and screaming along, but yeah, yeah agreed. Hopefully in the long run, you don't need that.
1: Yeah. Uh, Been thinking a lot about this because of work. So, (laughs) um,
0: yeah, you you have some malicious compliance and uh, strategic (laughs) incompetence going on.
1: There might be a little bit, Uh, but yeah, I I guess that there are. What you're what you're saying sounds like there are different levels that, um, that might need that kind of formal requirement, and Mm -hmm. different and other levels that require a culture shift. And absolutely. uh, probably relying on either of them to the exclusion of the other is foolhardy.
0: Totally. Yeah. And you know, yeah. belts and suspenders, right? Like, yeah, there It never you hurts to have both in place, you know, hopefully yeah. you don't need a law requiring people to do the right thing, but it's yeah. better to have the law in case you have someone who won't do the right thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, um so there, b- before we
1: get, before we get to the next finding, um, I wanted to say I learned something recently. Uh, we were, we were going through some documentation, and um, one of our lawyers said that we had to be very, uh, very careful around any findings or recommendations that came from, uh, from our outside lawyers. And I think it's fascinating that here we see findings and recommendations.
0: Like <laughs> this is,
1: I wouldn't have thought about this, but now I see they are they're like putting their findings and recommendations out. Like, this is
0: a big deal.
1: Um, oh, yeah. I knew it, but like, yeah. I didn't know quite how big a deal it was.
0: Yeah, totally. And, you know, it's worth remembering, right? The inspector general, like, what did they do? They conduct investigations into yeah. things that are not going right. Uh, right. The fact the inspector general office felt the need to review. Hey, uh, what are y'all doing about this? And mm-hmm. then write it up and then come out with the recommendations and we'll, we'll get to it. The, the response to the recommendations is fascinating, but yeah, okay. like, there's a reason they were doing this. Yeah. Um, cool. So yeah, finding one is <laughs> nobody knows what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Checks out. Finding two. The DOD's lack of a comprehensive coordinated approach to address UAP may pose a threat to military forces and U.S. national security. Hilariously, the... The section explaining finding one that like there is no Mm -hmm. comprehensive coordinated approach is like a full page in this document. The finding two that, and that might cause problems is like a single paragraph because it's, it's almost, it almost doesn't need to be stated. You know, like obviously this is a problem. Well, why is it a problem? Well, it's a problem because we determined that the DOD has no overarching UAP policy. And as a result, it lacks assurance that national security and flight safety threats to the United States from UAP have been identified and mitigated.
1: Yeah. It's like finding to, I almost feel like they can't write about it because they would have to acknowledge that UAP are a thing.
0: Like, yeah, I mean, they are still very much in that. Okay. We don't know what they are, but they could be a threat. And if we're not paying any attention to them, we could be exposing ourselves to risk, like they can't come out and say they are a threat because they don't know that, but they know that if you don't even look,
1: you'll never know.
0: That is a problem.
1: Yeah. Even I suppose, even if they are all plastic bags or, or whatever, uh, we should probably at least, you know, look out for that kind of thing.
0: Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I, okay. I, I wrote down that th- this felt to be like the summary was, well, we tried doing nothing and we're all out of ideas.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shit. That, that is pretty damning. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So what, what recommendations did they have?
0: So they mentioned in the press release and it's been widely reported that they made 11 recommendations, uh, interestingly. Only five of those recommendations are included in the unclassified mm. report. So we're just going to have to guess at what sort of classified recommendations they made. Maybe that's just yeah. where they reserve their stronger language. Like, listen, you jerks, like get your <laughs> shit in order. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. We'll be polite and we'll tell the public about it, but this shit ain't going to stand.
1: Right. Either that or it's uh, the recommendation six is like, Move the U- move the aliens out of the basement over here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Hide them a little better.
0: Come on, guys. We didn't even have to look that hard.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Even Grush All found right. them. <laughs> so, recommendation one: we recommend a DOD policy to integrate UAP roles, responsibilities, requirements, and coordination procedures into existing intelligence counterintelligence and force protection policies and procedures. Um, got it. so, Hey, the DOD should have a UAP policy. <laughs> yeah. I, um,
1: I like, I know all those words, but it's written in a way that I just like, cannot parse it. Oh, <laughs> I know. I don't know they, what a,
0: they've deliberately yeah. got to write it to be as like vague yeah. as possible, but it boils down to there is no policy and yeah. there should be one at the DOD level. Do yeah. Um, yep. The each of the recommendations was paired with the response they got from the people that recommendation oh, was okay. targeted at. In okay. this case, the Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence and Security and the Aero Director agreed with the recommendation.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I mean, what does that mean? Does that mean, yes, we're going to do it? Uh, or.
0: Uh, you are getting to the meat of this report. In this particular case, they go on for two more paragraphs with the information that they got, which was all kind of hand waving from the USDINS, explaining that hey, you know, the observations this report is based on predate the the, the founding of Arrow, and uh, you know, like you said that Arrow is fully operational, but really, it's you know, it hasn't even been funded. It won't be operational until 2024, and and anyway, we're already working on it, so don't worry about it.:
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. So come the back in a, in a couple years.
0: Uh, we consider this recommendation open until they do something about it. It's like, okay, yeah. thanks. what are you going to do?: uh, Yeah, nice.: Recommendations two through four were identical, but were targeted okay. at different branches of the military. Okay. um. We recommend that the secretaries of the Army, Navy, and Air Force issue interim guidance for UAP while waiting for the DoD to issue policy. At a minimum, this guidance for UAP should integrate existing intelligence, counterintelligence, and force protection policies and procedures, integrate procedures for coordinating with geographic combat commands, Incorporate roles, responsibilities, and requirements for the military services and their respective military department, counterintelligence operations.
1: Yeah. Okay. So while you're waiting for the DOD to get their shit together, get your own house in order. Sounds <laughs> yep. good. What, how'd they respond?
0: Okay. So these were all broken out into their own sections. The responses okay. I've, I've s- summarized them down to the most pointed bit, but in a nutshell, okay. uh, the secretary of the army agreed in principle with the recommendations. (laughs) Okay. The secretary of (laughs) hold on. This gets better. The secretary of the Navy did not provide official comments for inclusion in our final report as requested per Mm. my email. Yeah. Right. Uh, however, they responded after our final report and agreed with the recommendation. Okay. Sure. And best of all, the Secretary of the Air Force did not provide official comments for inclusion in this report as we requested in our re- draft report. However, okay. they provided us informal comments saying, we concur without comment.
1: <laughs> what does that even mean? Like, I can neither, oh, neither confirm nor deny, but I definitely agree. <laughs> what?
0: Good Lord, bunch of oh, noncommittal mofos.
1: Yeah, seriously. Um so so what about okay, that's the 3, but what about uh like the Marines and Space Force and uh, That is
0: a great question. I don't know how often the Marines are treated as a fully separate branch yeah. as opposed to kind of being lumped under the Navy. I'm not in the military, forgive me. Yeah, me any either. Marines out there, I'm not trying to slight you guys. Um, yeah. but like Chuck, I found the exclusion of the space force yeah, especially rather noticeable in a report about recommendations to military departments regarding UAP. Yeah. feels yeah. like those would be the guys to talk to. Um, maybe that's one of the other six classified yeah. recommendations.
1: Yeah. There's gotta be at least six other departments
0: mm-hmm. under the DOD, right? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Recommendation five, we recommend that the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff issue guidance for the geographic combat commanders regarding Hmm. UAP detection, reporting, collection, analysis, and identification within their areas of responsibility. At a minimum, the guidance should include tools to help commands determine the threats posed by UAP.
1: Okay. So, yeah. So, in addition to telling the DoD as a whole… And the individual branches uh, plans, I, they're reaching out directly to regional commanders to do the same. Mm-hmm. Does that makes sense. How joint chiefs uh, take that?
0: Quote: The chairman of the joint chiefs of staff did not provide official comments for inclusion in our final report as requested. However, the joint staff issued guidance to the geographic combat commanders on UAP detection, reporting, collection, analysis, and identification within their areas of responsibility.
1: Wow. So they like, actually I'd prefer that. Like, you know what? Don't even tell me just go get it done. Like
0: (laughs) well done. Yeah. So the report actually specifically says that the DOD inspector general considers this recommendation closed. It did not (laughs) say that about any of the others.
1: (laughs) Very Well, one out of 11. Yeah. (laughs) Um, i mean i don't
0: know i don't know if that's good i don't think it is yeah that's a failing grade in my book um (laughs) liberation times was able to confirm that only one of the recommendations has been fully implemented and the other 10 are still being implemented um (laughs) quote from liberation times here the lack of apparent urgency when faced with potential risks has been met with disbelief among Liberation Times s- sources. DOD and intelligence sources have told Liberation Times that the news represents a quote utter failure. Yeah, sounds sounds about right. Yeah, and to say it in a little bit longer way, uh, Ryan Graves, who you may remember is one of the mm-hmm. uh, UFO witnesses and pilots that we saw at the congressional hearing. Uh, his group, Americans for Safe Aerospace, said, quote, Unidentified objects in friendly airspace represent a clear and present danger to our pilots and soldiers. UFO stigma and Cold War mentality are unforgivable excuses for ignoring the problem. Yeah. Pilots have been trying to raise the alarm for over a decade and have unfairly borne the brunt of this stigma. As the DOD Inspector General makes clear, the U.S. Air Force and Army in particular need to institute first-class solutions for detection, reporting, tracking, and characterization of UAP. We note the Space Force also has a duty to respond. So we're not the only ones Mm. who are like, "Uh, you didn't mention the Space Force, buddy. Uh, We note the Space Force also has a duty to report into the whole of government effort. And much more needs to be done in terms of data sharing and accountability. We hope the DoD Inspector General investigation will motivate Congress to raise the pressure to close this domain awareness gap and be transparent with the American people about its findings. The status quo is unacceptable.
1: Oh, that's, I love that. Such uh-huh. a good line. So like, I don't love the framing of UAP as purely a security threat, but, um, you know, if that's what you need to use, uh, Mm -hmm. it's kind of frustrating to see the military still shrug it off and do nothing.
0: Totally. Yeah. And, and we've talked about this before, right? Like a lot of people don't like that Lou and Chris talk about UAPs as a flight safety problem, as a potential security risk. Um, But Lou has been very clear in interviews. And we've talked about this before, that that's the language that they speak. You know, if you want to change something about how the military handles it, you don't go to them and talk about, you know, like, wouldn't it be great if information was free and don't you think more people should know about? No, like, Hey, there's a thing flying around in the sky by your own admission. We don't know what it is. That's a problem. Isn't that our whole deal? look mm-hmm. so yeah yeah i i'm 100 percent with you i i don't like that that is the default framing but if that's how you're gonna think about it and then you still hear nothing that's woof that's hard yeah that's hard to hear
1: yeah it's like the military complex isn't motivated by peace for some reason i don't know <laughs> i
0: know it's crazy uh, you know and the one bit of credit that i will That I will give to the DOD is the, the kind of big picture that I have gathered over the years about this is that the military vibe on this has been to investigate it and determine that it appears to be non-hostile, whatever it is. And even if it was hostile, we can't do anything about it. It outperforms us by such a shocking margin that we are effectively helpless. That ain't a report you're ever going to hear from a military commander. Like, yeah, there's something up there and we can do Jack and shit about it. Um, yeah, I,
1: I mean, it'd be really helpful if they did though. Yeah.
0: Like I kind of get why they might be like, yeah, let's just not talk about it. It's not actually a threat. So
1: yeah, but if God, if. Think about like, I know that movies aren't reality, but like if you think about uh, most of the movies start this way, most of the UFO movies start mm-hmm. this way. It's like, uh, you know, asteroid is coming towards us. We have to like mobilize all our resources as a as a like united world and mm-hmm. deal with mm-hmm. that. Like we could have we could pull pretty significant power, but we have to admit it.
0: watch there's a netflix movie a couple of years ago called don't look up
1: Mm-mm. it
0: was um uh what's his name titanic uh pretty boy
1: oh uh leo dicaprio
0: yeah leo dicaprio and jennifer lawrence um <laughs> play a couple of scientists who find <laughs> an asteroid that's going to hit earth and end all life yeah. And they, do. you know, the first 10 minutes of the movie are all the stuff you'd expect. You know, they're, they're flown to Washington to meet the president. And mm-hmm. basically, uh, this is gonna cause a lot of negative press and they just don't talk about it. And these two scientists just gradually lose their minds over the course of the movie as no one takes any steps to do anything about it.
1: Oh, so this is yeah. not a uh not a comedy film?
0: It kind of is. It's kinda of like idiocracy. Like it's okay. funny, but it's also like a really heavy-handed political message. <laughs> like yeah. there's there's no dodging what this is about, you know? Um anyway. Yeah. Uh wait. I, I don't is know if it I'd about recommend aliens?
1: It. Is it about aliens or is it about climate change? In your <laughs> well, mind. Well,
0: yeah. Okay. Um I think it's about uh, our tendency to avoid problems that we don't like to talk about. So it can apply equally to all of them.
1: Yeah, both. Okay, cool.
0: <laughs> all right. So speaking of things we would rather not talk about, <laughs> God. Uh, yeah. Sean Kirkpatrick, former director yeah. of uh, he we talked about him recently. He put out an article in Scientific American where he hmm. was broadly dismissive of UAP whistleblower claims. He said, quote, None of them have any firsthand evidence or knowledge. They're all relaying stories that they've heard from other people. He argued that everything came from a, quote, small group of interconnected believers who have misled Congress into believing that there's some sort of cover up. And uh, the one bit of good news I have about this, and the only reason we're still talking about it, is he received quite a bit of pushback in the weeks since he published
1: yeah no shit let me let me just pull over my vintage popcorn machine i really do need to actually get one just for this show
0: (laughs) The, the, the the visual prof yeah yeah um so i've got a bunch of reactions here they're all great uh first of all uh after the dod inspector general report dropped politico reached out to kirkpatrick for comment and he said that he told pentagon leadership that arrow needed to talk with the public more but that he always met internal resistance when trying to engage the media. He said, quote, There is a very strong concern to engage in the public discourse as often as I thought we needed to. The fact that they can't figure out how to get at that message without concern for spillage into other areas has always been a frustrating point. If there's a void in the information space, it will be filled with the imagination of the public and the conspiracies and these accusations.
1: I mean, that actually sounds reasonable. like does this mean he he wanted to communicate but was uh, and, and was instructed to do so, but
0: was prevented somehow? uh he's certainly saying that he wanted to communicate, and he yeah. is strongly implying that he was told he could not um, huh. <laughs> Pentagon spokesperson Eric Pahone flatly denied Kirkpatrick's claim that he was muzzled. he said quote standard procedure within the department is to have public engagements cleared by higher officials to our knowledge, any media engagement Dr. Kirkpatrick recommended or requested was approved. Yeah.
1: All right. They hung him out to dry real good. Oh, I love oh yeah.
0: And no, no pulling the punches here.
1: Don't bring your dirty laundry over here.
0: Uh, liberation times, uh, looked into whether kirkpatrick's article was submitted to the defense office of pre-publication and security review now Mm -hmm. after grush's claims we learned a lot about the dopser review process uh Mm -hmm. and the moral of the story is every dod employee has a lifelong responsibility to submit any public disclosure based on protected information for review Right? Mm-hmm. If you learned something in your job and you want to talk about it in public, whether that's a YouTube video, a slide deck, a, a fiction book, whatever, it has to go through dopser review to make sure you're not accidentally leaking secrets. <laughs> so uh,
1: did they do it? Or, like, that's didn't question. submit it.
0: It is okay. unclear whether he submitted it. An okay. anonymous source told them, this is troubling for two reasons. If Dr. Kirkpatrick did not have it reviewed, it's a serious breach of standing DOD policy and could result in another inspector general complaint against the department. Mm. On the other hand, if he did have it reviewed and they approved it, that's also problematic because in his article, he provides a summary of the results of a study for Congress and the DOD that has not been completed yet or provided to the U.S. government. He's talking about the historical review where kirkpatrick kind of made it clear that it's a bunch of bugs um one must then ask questions who gave him authority to release the results of a report before they were provided to congress if the study is ongoing where is the analysis if he's biased why is he still being used by the department of defense as an unpaid consultant to advise the deputy secretary of defense
1: wow that's yeah. Oh my God. And so, and like the fact that the DOD hung him out to dry also suggests mm-hmm. that he
0: probably didn't go through it.
1: Oh man. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Now,
0: of course we don't know. We have no yeah. insight, yep. but I, I had not thought about it from this angle. And I like that they point out that, Hey, it's problematic either way. This is yeah. not good.
1: Yeah. Right. Uh, Holy shit. Well, maybe we've he, talked, can he get, Maybe he can get fired twice.
0: (laughs) They rehire him just to take out of a second time. (laughs) Uh, We've talked a lot about Chris UFO Daddy Mellon, the show's oldest fan, uh, Mm -hmm. former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Intelligence. Uh, He put out a few pointed comments about Mr. Mm -hmm. Kirkpatrick. Awesome. The stark contradiction between sources approaching Capitol Hill on the UAP issue some of whom I know personally, and the claims of former Aero director Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick remain frustratingly unresolved. Mm. I was astonished by one of the central claims made by Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick in his recent article in Scientific American blasting UAP conspiracists, specifically his claim that, quote, As of the time of my departure, none, let me repeat, none of the conspiracy-minded whistleblowers in the public eye had elected to come to Arrow to provide their evidence and state, for the record, despite numerous invitations, end quote. Oh, my God. Mellon continues. He says, I'm baffled because in an effort to assist his investigation, I introduced Dr. Kirkpatrick to the former director of the ATIP program, Lou Elizondo, as well as Dr. Eric Davis, who we know from the Wilson Davis Notes, and Mm -hmm. Dr. Hal Putoff. Each of these prominent voices associated with the ATIP program spent hours briefing Dr. Kirkpatrick in a classified setting. None have received any feedback. Hopefully, the pending report to Congress on the alleged UAP recovery program we'll describe the specific claims made by these and dozens of other witnesses and what Arrow did to evaluate them. Oh my God.
1: Yeah. Uh, UFO Daddy comes in with all the receipts. and I love mm-hmm. it.
0: That's right. You come for the king. You best not miss. Uh, <laughs> Lou Elizondo reiterated, many, let me repeat, many of the people who I know personally have spoken to Arrow and provided detailed information to Kirkpatrick and his office for the record. If Arrow isn't willing to tell the truth to Congress, we are. Shit.
1: Yeah. Elizondo bringing the heat too. This is great. Oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> an anonymous former governor and government, ugh, excuse me, an anonymous former government official. <laughs> Familiar with Kirkpatrick told Liberation Times, quote, now we see why whistleblowers did not trust Kirkpatrick. It will be very difficult for the Department of Defense to regain faith and trust with new whistleblowers, given the behavior and deceitfulness of Kirkpatrick. His article appears to be written from the perspective of someone who failed at their job and is now throwing a child's fit of rage. (laughs)
1: <laughs> i'm not bad at my job you're bad at my job your job
0: I- <laughs> absolutely uh merrick von rennenkamp a former dod appointee and analyst who we've talked about before on the show said that a senate source told him quote kirk appears to be a disinformation agent he is mm-hmm. not being honest about what he heard from the whistleblowers that were referred Uh, Merrick went on to claim that Arrow shared no information on these UAP whistleblowers with Congress and that the deputy secretary of defense Hicks may have fired Kirkpatrick.
1: Yeah. Wait, how are those two related, Uh, that they didn't share and the secretary of defense fired Kirkpatrick?
0: Um, um, I don't think they're related. It was just three claims about Kirkpatrick that he made. Oh, got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah now so. we discussed rumors that Kirkpatrick might have been yeah. shit can, You know, we've I mean, talked about that it was. for a while. Yeah, yeah. I, I would like to think so, but who knows? Yeah. Um. Now the disinformation one is really interesting because we've yeah. heard similar claims from Matthew Pines, another source we've brought up on the show before. Uh, He's a yeah. director of security advisory at Sentinel One. He said that a highly cleared source in the DoD senior executive service claimed that Arrow is quote entirely a disinformation activity designed to cover and distract with no qualms about misleading Congress.
1: Wow. Shit. I wish that that didn't feel so plausible, but it makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this is the thing we've talked about Arrow on this show literally since the day it was stood up. Um, mm-hmm. I might not be right about that. It feels like that long. Yeah. I can't remember whether we started a show after Arrow started, yeah. but um, certainly the entire time we've talked about Arrow, we have waffled over: Are they a force for good? <laughs> are they? Are they yeah. actually doing the job they were given? There have been times where it felt like Kirkpatrick was a well-meaning guy who was stuck between a rock and a hard place. You know, right. uh, Senator Gillibrand is coming after him like, do you have everything you need? Trying to set him up for success. He's an employee of Congress, basically. But on paper, he's an employee of the DOD and his bosses are appear to be telling him do as little as humanly possible. Um, we've heard rumors that Kirkpatrick was bad at his previous jobs and was given this job because he was expected to fail.
1: Yeah,
0: We've heard that Kirkpatrick was hired as a disinformation agent that Susan Goff, the Pentagon spokesperson has been using him as a way to come up with a way to say the DOD doesn't know anything about UAP because Arrow doesn't know anything about the UAP because we told them not to look, Uh, Right. so there's still a million ways to interpret it. But what Mm -hmm. I will say is Kirkpatrick's continued public stances seem increasingly to paint the picture of someone who was aggressively uninterested in getting to the truth of the matter. Um, He admitted with his own words that when he found out about these alleged secret programs, he went to the places they were supposed to be and asked the program directors, do you have this program? And when they said no, he took them at their word. Right, which is not how you run an investigation into an illegal secret program. It's like right. going to the mafia and be like, "Hey, you guys are all stand-up citizens. You pay taxes, right?" right. They go, "Yeah, of course." Yeah. You go, "Good enough for me."
1: Yeah, exactly. And checks out. Checks out. This Al Capone <laughs> guy who seems on the level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So yeah. yeah, I I don't know, man. I. I wish we didn't have to talk about Kirkpatrick anymore. Maybe he will finally take the advice of my favorite YouTube lawyers. Uh, the it's shut the fuck up Friday guys. Um, I, that would be great. You know, I don't want to talk about this guy anymore. I'm tired of trying to find ways to eke out how he could plausibly be a guy who, who was prevented from doing a good job in face of increasingly visible evidence that he was aggressively uninterested in doing the job. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe arrows better off without him. Maybe arrow is fundamentally flawed because it exists in the same power structure. Um, we'll maybe see. nothing's going to happen until big daddy Lou kicks in the door of the house of representatives with more witnesses in tow. Uh, yeah. but yeah, I would very much like to stop talking about Sean Kirkpatrick. Yeah.
1: No kidding. Me too. Mm
0: all right uh well that about wraps us up for today um i think i haven't actually looked at the notes but uh yeah i think we're about to go record a little something extra for our patreon subscribers right yeah yeah,
1: a little q a section um uh, i realized that i haven't done a great job of responding to comments and so (laughs) like hey this is an opportunity let's let's just record it and we'll get some hot takes from scott
0: it lines up with something we've been talking about for a while, which is trying yeah. to find more um, rewards for Patreons besides just yeah. a, a good feeling that you're helping us right. make the show. Um, yeah. We're not interested in necessarily recording like whole extra shows, although that's a possibility. Yeah. Um, we've talked about a bunch of ideas. Um, long story short, if you're on the fence about whether to join the Patreon and you have ideas about what would convince you reach out let us know we are considering options and if you are a patreon subscriber first of all thank you so much we really appreciate you but also don't feel shy about letting us know you know like what would help you feel better what would what would be more value for the money um obviously the show is a time commitment chuck and i both have full-time jobs that's why Mm -hmm. we're putting it out every two weeks instead of more often um So we're, we're probably not going to do anything that would be a huge time commitment, but you know, the thing we're going to try today is just Chuck and I are going to stay on the call a little bit longer, record some extra questions. That seems like something we can do pretty easily, um, and a nice benefit for Patreon subscribers. So anyway, I've rambled enough, uh, long story short, (laughs) Patreon subscribers, you're awesome. And if you're on the fence about being a Patreon subscriber, let us know what it would take to convince you.
1: Yeah, totally. And, uh, just digging into our our outro uh if you do want to tell us hit us up at scott or chuck at very exciting mm-hmm.
0: um and oh my god i am totally off now i'm scrolling back up to our outro uh yeah you can find <laughs> show notes and more on our website very dot as well as links <laughs> to our social media accounts <laughs> <laughs>
1: And Scott, as always, my wife thanks you for listening to me talk about UFOs so she doesn't have to.